Chapter 54 of The Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Two Bleeding Hearts On the day following the Queen's visit to Monsieur de Charny, Mademoiselle de Tavernay entered the royal bedroom, as usual, at the hour of the petite toilette. The Queen was just laughing over a note from Madame de Lamotte. Andrea, paler than usual, looked cold and grave. The Queen, however, being occupied, did not notice it, but merely turning her head said in her usual friendly tone, "'Bonjour, petit.' At last, however, Andrea's silence struck her, and looking up she saw her sad expression and said, "'Mon Dieu, Andrea, what is the matter? Has any misfortune happened to you?' "'Yes, madame, a great one.' "'What is it?' i am going to leave your majesty leave me yes madame where are you going and what is the cause of this sudden departure madame i am not happy in my affections in my family affections i mean added andrea blushing i do not understand you you seemed happy yesterday no madame replied andrea firmly yesterday was one of the unhappy days of my life explain yourself it would but fatigue your majesty and the details are not worthy of your hearing suffice it to say that i have no satisfaction in my family that i have no good to expect in this world i come therefore to beg your majesty's permission to retire into a convent the queen rose and although with some effort to her pride took andrea's hand and said what is the meaning of this foolish resolution have you not to-day like yesterday a father and a brother and were they different yesterday from to-day tell me your difficulties am i no longer your protectress and mother andrea trembling and bowing low said madame your kindness penetrates my heart but does not shake my resolution i have resolved to quit the court i have need of solitude do not force me to give up the vocation to which i feel called since yesterday i beg your majesty not to make me speak on this point be free then said the queen rather bitterly only I have always shown you sufficient confidence for you to have placed some in me. But it is useless to question one who will not speak. Keep your secrets, and I trust you will be happier away than you have been here. Remember one thing, however, that my friendship does not expire with people's caprices, and that I shall ever look on you as a friend. Now, go, Andrea. You are at liberty. But where are you going to to the convent of st denis madame well mademoiselle i consider you guilty toward me of ingratitude and forgetfulness andrea however left the room and the castle without giving any of those explanations which the good heart of the queen expected and without in any way softening or humbling herself when she arrived at home she found philippe in the garden the brother dreamed while the sister acted 
at the sight of andrea whose duties always kept her with the queen at that hour he advanced surprised and almost frightened which was increased when he perceived her gloomy look he questioned her and she told him that she was about to leave the service of the queen and go into a convent he clasped his hands and cried what you also sister i also what do you mean tis a cursed contact for us that of the bourbons you wish to take religious vows you at once the least worldly of women and the least fitted for a life of asceticism what have you to reproach the queen with i have nothing to reproach her with but you philippe who expected and had the right to expect so much why did not you remain at court you did not remain there three days i have been there as many years she is capricious andrea you as a man might put up with it i a woman could not and do not wish to do so all this my sister does not inform me what quarrel you have had with her none philip i assure you had you any when you left her oh she is ungrateful we must pardon her andrea she is a little spoiled by flattery but she has a good heart witness what she has done for you philippe what has she done you have already forgotten i have a better memory and with one stroke pay off your debts and my own very dear it seems to me andrea to renounce the world at your age and with your beauty take care dear sister if you renounce it young you will regret it old and will return to it when the time will be past and you have outlived all your friends you do not reason thus for yourself brother you are so little careful of your fortunes that when a hundred others would have acquired titles in gold you have only said she is capricious she is perfidious and a coquette and i prefer not to serve her therefore you have renounced the world though you have not entered into a monastery you are right sister and were it not for our father our father <laughs> philippe do not speak of him replied andrea bitterly a father should be a support to his children or accept their support but what does ours do could you confide a secret to monsieur de tavernay or do you believe him capable of confiding in you monsieur de tavernay is made to live alone in this world true andrea but not to die alone huh, philippe you take me for a daughter without feeling but you know i am a fond sister and to have been a good daughter required only to have had a father but everything seems to conspire to destroy in me every tender feeling it never happens in this world that hearts respond those whom we choose prefer others philippe looked at her with astonishment what do you mean said he nothing replied andrea shrinking from a confidence i think my brain is wandering do not attend to my words but andrea took his hand enough on this subject my dearest brother 
i am come to beg you to conduct me to the convent of st denis but be easy i will take no vows i can do that at a later period if i wish instead of going like most women to seek forgetfulness i will go to seek memory it seems to me that i have too often forgotten my creator he is the only consolation as he is really the only afflictor in approaching him more nearly i shall do more for my happiness than if all the rich and great in this world had combined to make life pleasant to me still andrea i oppose this desperate resolution for you have not confided to me the cause of your despair despair said she with a disdainful air no thank god i am not despairing no a thousand times no this excess of disdain shows a state of mind which cannot last if you reject the word despair i must use that of pique pique do you believe that i am so weak as to yield up my place in the world through pique judge me by yourself philippe if you were to retire to la trappe what would you call the cause of your determination i should call it an incurable grief well philippe i adopt your words for they suit me then he replied brother and sister are alike in their lives happy together they have become unhappy at the same time then thinking further remonstrance useless he asked when do you want to go tomorrow even today if it were possible i shall be ready whenever you require me andrea retired to make her preparations soon she received this note from philippe you can see our father at five o'clock this evening you must be prepared for reproaches but an adieu is indispensable she answered at five o'clock i will be with monsieur de tavernay all ready to start and by seven we can be at st denis if you will give me up your evening end of chapter fifty four recording by john van stan savannah georgia